three and D's podcast where we like threes and we like defense here where we just wrapped up maybe one of the craziest trade deadline seasons we have ever been a part of. Now, look, we're not that old, but we've been around a couple trade deadlines and I can't think of one that's matched this intensity, matched this height of talent, matched the amount of transactions. I'm joined with by Matt Fuleg, Mari Narciso. Fellas, our brains on fire. How are we holding up? It's a uh, it's crazy out here, man. I think uh, one of the big things behind this trade deadline too is the West being so competitive and just things are just happening. It took me around an hour and a half to just write down all the trades that happened and separate them team by team just because so much happened. I'm ready to digest. I'm ready to get into this. Yeah, this is a uh, building off your point. This is just the most insane trade deadline I, I've ever seen. There's pretty much anything that could have happened minus a few teams, which I know we'll touch on later. So mad. happened. It was just so and so many big names like you had two all-star team starters get from the same team get moved same team yeah like that's just insane and go to good teams that are now like the west is a toss-up it's not because you can make it a toss-up yeah i was gonna say (laughs) but well let's let's address the elephant in the room here yeah. Uh, yesterday, or I guess Wednesday evening, this will probably go up tomorrow. When Wednesday evening, Mr. Kevin Durant in a blockbuster as Justin was dozing off to get his duty sleep, Mari Narciso abruptly notifies the team <laughs> that Mr. Kevin Durant has been traded to the Phoenix Suns for, along with TJ Warren, for Mikel Bridges, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, a 2023 unprotected first round pick, a 2025 unprotected first. 2027 unprotected first, 2028 first round swap, and a 2029 unprotected first. Let me catch my breath. Holy crap, what a what a package. Kevin Durant, one of the best 15, 16, whatever you want to call it, players of all time already. Um, a Pantheon player, as Bill Simmons calls him, on the move. Fellas, what are your immediate takes, immediate reactions when you saw this other than holy shit, holy shit, holy shit? which that was Mari's uh, first reaction. Um, what do we think happened? New owner, Matt Ishbia, stepping up. Give me your immediate takes on that trade. I think uh, going team by team here, I think we'll, we'll, we'll cover the first two teams here, the two parts of this trade, who I think are probably the two biggest um, two biggest moves other than the Lakers of, of teams in this deadline. But the Suns obviously are now the team to beat. Um, I'd say in both conferences, the West was up in the air completely, but now with, you know, a lineup of Durant, Paul, Booker, and Aiden, and whoever they want to pull at the four, probably it looks like they got, uh, I believe Darius Baisley, they could start him or they could start Tory Craig. They're just the favorites now out of the West, clearly, and possibly the favorites in the league. Uh, KD just raises ceilings, raises floors in every way. Um, been in the playoffs. Just a guy, you, 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 any team he's on is a playoff contender, and then you surround him with players such as Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Aiden. It's, ooh, what a sight to behold. I don't think there's a whole lot to be said about the Suns other than that they're just going to be really, really good. I don't think the fit works. Everything works for me. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Kevin's also one of those guys that he can mesh well on pretty much any team. Mm -hmm. And you're putting him with CP3, who's, yes, he's declining in play, but he's still he's still CP3. He can facilitate the game. He can control the game, make the decisions when he needs to. <laughs> Kevin Booker, arguably best two-way guard in the game right now. And then DeAndre Ayton, who's quietly having a really good season. He just gets so much unnecessary hate. Like, that starting five is so gross. <laughs> like, and this, this is what I was asking you guys yesterday, if there's, like, business hours for trades. Because I'm, right. like, just about to hop in the shower, and then my phone's <laughs> just, like, going crazy. Because what the – this is just <laughs> – I was uh, even waiting for. I was wondering where the fuck is Matt because I was texting. You know, there's two group chats that me and Matt are in that we're just freaking out about the trade and like he just radio silence. I'm like, he needs to see this right now. I don't know where you are, but oh, he's awesome. And life lesson here is just don't shower. Just just use nature's nature shower. And not uh, on trade deadline week. Yeah, not on trade deadline week. Yeah, if you were woe, you'd be fired. Yeah, I mean, crazy. What a haul. Like, I think, well, I mean, we'll talk about the Brooklyn side of this. I think, you know, this is about as good as you can do if a player wants out. But, I mean, I don't think this is an overreaction. This might be one of the biggest trades in NBA history. I mean, these types of players just don't get traded that often. And um, for, this, for the Suns to pull this off, honestly, kudos to you. We've talked at nauseum about the West and how open it is, like, no disrespect to the, the the Denver Nuggets, who have been kind of by far the best team thus far. Um, with all the other teams we mentioned about them kind of, you know, not collapsing, but just, you know, the Golden State Warriors, the Memphis Grizzlies of the world, all these all these teams, the Pelicans, who hadn't been kind of living up to recent standards. I mean, you know, we said it on the last podcast, you know, the West is wide open. And kudos to them. I think they're a clear favorite. Obviously, Mari mentioned that already. I would still throw the Boston Celtics in there as well on that same tier. But this is a trade you have to make, and you have them under contract for a few more years after this. I don't see Kevin Durant slowing down anytime soon. But on the Brooklyn side, look, Mikel Bridges is a hell of an asset. As a, it's a hell of a starting point. There was a report that came out uh, later today that apparently, and I don't know if this is true or not, but he was netting uh, offers for four first-round picks, which again... You know, who knows what to believe, but that's a report that's out there. We're not making it out of out of blue. Yeah. So, but getting him, like, someone who's probably better than OG and Obi and who apparently, well, don't get me started on that shit, but, you know, apparently there were strong offers for OG. <laughs> we'll uh, get there, Justin. We'll get there. No, nah, we're skipping that part. Um, <laughs> you know, to get that plus four unprotected first, like, they got the farm. You know, Jay Crowder netted them five seconds after they, you know, moved him to – um uh, Milwaukee Cam Johnson is a great still a great young player who can you know is under team protection so I think the Brooklyn Nets did well here I kind of hope that they would be able to maybe move some more of the Mavs pieces that they got maybe redirect them to other teams I think overall they are at least heading in, in a direction that makes sense which is more than we can say for some other fucking teams who just <laughs> decided not to We'll get there, Justin. We'll get there, Justin. We'll get there. Well, yeah, I, on the Sun side, I think it's an A across the board. I don't think anyone could really, as far as team grades go, I, I, th I think it's just a win for them. I know they give up a lot here, 
It's an A for the Brooklyn for Brooklyn as well. I think they, as far as the whole trade deadline, I gave them a B plus. Just the the haul is insane. You know, just reading it out, they gained Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, a 27-29 second from Dallas, a 2029 unprotected first from Dallas, Bridges, Johnson, four firsts from Phoenix, two seconds from Milwaukee, and a 28 pick swap. It's just an insane haul for two superstars, and they, they deserve so. But um, I'm just disappointed that they're such a deep team now, and they're legitimately 12 deep. I think their worst player is Daron Sharp, who's pretty bad, I'll say. But everybody else is a starter or top eight caliber player on a winning team. Um, I was hoping they'd move a little bit more, even even tank harder, you know, trade some of their assets that are really strong and could contribute to legitimate teams. Um, so I gave them a B plus just because of that, because it's a weird team they have now. I think it could be the resurgence of the fun Nets team that we referenced to last time, yeah. Um, which could be exciting, but they're definitely not going to be good. That's but that's fine. I think they don't want need to be. Yeah, and like, I think had they flipped a few more of the guys that they got like right away, like say they got Jay Crowder for all of about twelve hours, um, I think their grade could have been a little bit better in terms of the trade deadline in the whole. But, I mean, they got themselves into this mess. They got Kevin Durant, signed Kyrie Irving, and then traded for James Harden. And the experiment failed. It <laughs> amounted to, like, six or seven playoff wins total, two sweeps. Like, it just didn't work out. And now they, they have their building blocks for the future. And excited to see where they go because that team under Jacques Vaughn, they're a bunch of grinders now. Minus Ben Simmons, but maybe he figures it out. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where they go. Yeah, they, it, it's funny that after this completely failed experiment, they actually walk away relatively unscathed. You know, they 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 have a good future to kind of rely on. They're they're the building blocks are clearly around Bridges and Nick Claxton, and that's a pretty good place to start if you're going to be a rebuilding team, along with all the assets they have, along with everything you know it, it's a really it, it, it's as fresh of a start as you can get and shout out brooklyn for getting it done yeah i think uh i think you know, when you lose kevin durant and Kyrie Irving, the probably the best grade you can get is a b plus so i think that's right and i think right aligned with uh with the correct score um but i think i think the sean marks and the brooklyn that's front office must be able to breathe a sigh of relief that this is over yeah. they're not losing a lot of hair stress hair and grain grain quite quickly because I mean the past three years have been so turbulent. We went over it last last podcast, but this is sort of this, when they were at their best. This is they were building something, right? They were you know the D'Angelo Russell era in Brooklyn and and drafting and 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 trying to find deals on the margins. Like this is the stuff that they're good at, and so they get to do that again. And another, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but. They they have no reason to tank, right? They owe Houston all their picks in the next three four years or whatever, so they don't have to worry about you know tanking for Wemby or whatever. They they put that fate in, into the Sixers' hands and into the Suns' hands while they can try to continue to win and develop a good program and 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 stuff like that. Which again, like ideally, you want to control your own future in a perfect world, but you can start building that culture again where it's like we have nothing to lose. We want to we sh- we should be winning. We want to build that culture again. So. I think it was a good day for the Nets. Um, again, like I agree with you, Matt, other than maybe flipping some assets that are coming off the books or that other teams may have been interested in, um, I don't know if they could have done any better uh, than they did today. 
yeah just play ball for the nets and that's gonna be a lot of fun for them the, yeah. the one team um that's up here in discussion for the biggest the other team that's for the biggest uh, trades of the deadline the only team that i have getting an a plus this week is the los angeles lakers who, who I'll, I'll read out the gains and losses for the lakers it's a long list they gained mo bamba devon reed 25 6 and 9 seconds d'angelo russell malik beasley jared vanderbilt and Rui hachimura they lose pat bev a future second thomas bryant 27 first jta damon jones russell westbrook kendrick dunn and a future pick again it's just the it, it seems to me that they've offloaded kind of assets that they have no interest in um and got players who would help them now to me at least i don't know how you guys feel about this person to me this is an a plus uh they they only dealt one of their first their future first the 27th top four protected and everything to me just works did they win automatically for me a plus for me for the lakers yeah i mean i would agree i think them not getting Kyrie actually worked wonders um i think the jazz trade makes way more sense from a team perspective because they were extremely thin now they have a rounded out starting five and coupled with some of the other picks and some of their guys coming back like their top eight is now a pretty good top eight like i think they can go to toe toe to toe with just about anyone minus maybe the Suns at this point the only thing i didn't really understand was the thomas bryant thing like yes you're bringing in mo bamba so that's i guess that cancels each other out but he was playing so well and he's on like the venom like the minimum i think so he's making like max two million this year i think um so I think you could have maybe just kept him and not had to trade away Pat Bev, but also I feel so bad for Pat Bev. He was like so excited yesterday. He reunited. Some hilarious Twitter moments this deadline. It's a, it's a cold, cold world out there. And yeah. Yeah. Justin, what, what do you think? I am pissed that the Lakers were able to get this for one first round pick that wasn't even unprotected. We talked about these unprotected picks for for weeks, months, and they got fucking D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt, and got off Russell Westbrook's contract, which I thought would cost a first on its own right, yeah. for top four protected first. And I don't know why from Utah's perspective, I get it from Utah's perspective. I think Utah and Minnesota were both big losers in this deal, to be honest with you. Um, I think it was incredible value for Los Angeles. Now they did take on money into next year. So they probably had a gleam at the free agent market and didn't see, you know, room to add a third superstar. So this makes sense. Maybe you re-sign D'Angelo or to a, 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 you know, a reasonable deal uh, going into next year. But to be able to get off Russ and, you know, now that he's been gone, there's been more reports about how toxic that situation really was um, and really build out a good starting five roster around LeBron, which you had to do. Like you just have to, the benefit, he just, you know, just broke the scoring record. Like you got to give this guy a chance. He's still at the top of his game. And they did that without completely mortgaging their entire future. They brought in some young players that can help down the line. I still don't buy them as a top four team in the West, if I'm being honest with you, but I definitely see them in the playoffs now, possibly a second round, you know, matchup, but what's up, Justin? What? There you go. 
There we go. Welcome. Welcome to the fucking bandwagon, man. You guys didn't foresee this, so go fuck yourselves, all of you. We absolutely forced it. The whole reason behind this is that we knew that the Lakers would make it happen. No. No shot. <laughs> I mean, look, there's still 13 in the West, so I mean, there's like there's like 30 games to go. So let's see. Well, let's well see what I happens. what I like about this Lakers is I think that they really, and this is gonna sound like a shot to Justin because it is, um, or a shot to the Raptors. They were able to really accurately value the assets that they have, and and they knew what they could gain from the market, and they got. I think they maximized whatever they could get from the market. They didn't overvalue anything that they had. They didn't ask for too much, and they got exactly what they wanted. And I I just think that. It's just a phenomenal job by them to 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 make something out of nothing. What looked like nothing. I think that Mo Bamba deal was like an under the radar, really good move too. To be able to take Pat in a second for Mo Bamba, I think a lot younger. I think they needed more size still. You know, as a backup big. Um, I don't know. I think it's a win-win. I think the Magic get. I want that as well. I think it works for both. They, well, imagine how to your plus in that position, right? So, it, you know, I don't think they were going to sign him. And, you know, maybe... A free second out of it. Maybe Pat Bev can bring some culture or some toughness to that group, but... Yeah. No, he's going to get bought out. He might retire, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He gets bought out? He's just been tossed The reports are that he was going to get bought out. Oh, oh, never mind. No no culture, no... Talk, no uh, I don't know. I think he could have been good for their young guys, but for like half or 30 games, just to teach them yeah. something. But anyway. Who I do you feel I'm worse for? The Lakers, potentially. Again, again, for a better deal. <laughs> Who do you feel worse for? Russell Westbrook or Patrick Beverly? Both yeah. very polarizing players. Both both people, uh, both players that people hate. And both people who are just being completely disrespected for really good careers. Is, he, is neither an option? You don't feel bad for either of them? No. I feel bad for Russ. Why not? I feel bad for us. Heartless. Justin is just fired. bitter because he's stuck with Gary Trent Jr. Still, dude. He just had a bad day, everyone. And and you know, <laughs> speaking of that, let let's get into the next tier of teams. Um, I have categories as the very interesting trade deadline teams, and I think top of the list here for me is Justin's Toronto Raptors, who I graded a C. Um, generous. See, it, it would be a D minus close to an F, but I really like the Jakob Pearl trade. I think if they truly believe that this team could get some wins, I, it's a really good trade for them. And I, and the roster for them is still good. You know, the, the, the pieces, the theoretical, um, we were talking about the Raptors as a top three seed in the East since the start of the season, because the roster is that strong. Um, if they really think that they could turn things around and get things together with this current construction of the roster, Jakob Pertl is the perfect addition to that team. You don't get the Chris Boucher minutes anymore. The guy that, the he's, guy still that gonna be, he's still going to play. It's the that's the worst part. I, I know, I know, but you'd rather you'd rather have twenty five minutes out of Pirtle than twenty five minutes split between Boucher and Birch. No, so yeah. to me, I think it's a really big win, and Pirtle's a really good player. I, I obviously, you know, that would be a lot higher than a C had they done a little bit more. Um, there's a lot of problems I see with the, what the Raptors did. First of all, I think the first thing is the overvalue of OG Adenobi. And there's no way he would have gone for three firsts. I, and, and I felt iffy about that from the start, but it, it's abundantly clear now that nobody was willing to take that on. Um, so that's it for me. A C for the Raptors, a disappointing trade deadline. But I have hope that this team in its current construction could actually do something for the rest of the season. Yeah, it was quite disappointing today. That's for sure. Um, Give it a D for disappointing. 
beef or duck me, I'm going to kill myself. Um, <laughs> look, I, I hesitate to give and the Raptors organization any crap because I still think they're one of the best in the league. Um, so I don't pretend to know that I think that I know better than Masai, Bobby Webster, and their scouting team. I think Jakob Pertl is a good basketball fit, 100% someone we needed. Um, but I feel like it was quite short-sighted. I understand Masai is, you know, above else, wants to win. But I always thought that he kind of knew, even though his, his will to win was high, he always knew what the best long-term move was. And I don't feel like this was it. Um, this team is not going anywhere this year. I, they're going to be better. They might be a seventh seed. You know, like they might push the two seed to a six-game series. You might have some wins, but this team is not making the second round of the playoffs. Now, look, they could have gotten the sixth overall pick in the lottery, and now they're not going to get that. They're going to get the 12th pick, 13th, 14th pick, whatever. And, and you know, you're going to have some moral wins, but that's just not the place you should be. And then, you know, they, they, they brought him in. They're probably going to resign him. Like, that's probably part of the plan, and I get that. But you're not going to be able to resign Gary Trent, Fred Van Fleet, and Jakob Pertl. But you have three UFAs coming in, everyone, when this deal was reported on Wednesday night, were convinced, okay, well, that means Fred or Gary or both are gone because this is the start of something else. And no, they're all here. You know, Fred probably is going to go to the Magic for four years, 130. Raptors, there's no sign and trade needed. Raptors are not going to be able to sign that. You know, well, they can sign that contract. Their luxury tax bill is going to be insane, so they can't do that. Gary Trent, there's been rumors that he's going to command 20 to $25 million a year. I don't think that's, you know, a good value for, for him and not exactly what the Raptors need. And for them not to get anything for them, I get it. Masai believes in this core, but I think that they should have gone the other direction. We were already like the sixth or seventh worst record in the league. Giving up a 2024 first round pick that's only top six protected and then giving up and then that protection stays the same for two additional years so it hamstrings your your draft capital being able to trade for other moves and you can hypothetically give up a seventh overall pick for you three kicks at the can for the seventh pick potentially um the fact that that pick, pick protection was not higher like lottery protected or top 10 protected and that it didn't convert to like four, three or four seconds like other deals we saw today. Like I don't think Jakob Pertl's in a different hemisphere as the other guys that we were talking about, the the Josh Hart's and the, you know, those guys. Um, and then to give up two good seconds as well. Like I just think you paid a lot, you didn't raise your ceiling, and now you're putting yourself in a tough cap position. Like I don't really see a ton of long-term upside and the short-term benefits, sure, we'll win a few more games, but we're not beating the Bucs, we're not beating the Celtics, we're not beating the Sixers, you know, it's just, it feels short-sighted and I don't see a lot of benefit long-term. So I've had a shitty day, um, but it, especially, and the worst part is there was so many rumors 
about mm-hmm. all these incredible offers for these players and selling high on OG's peak and, you know, the Lakers potentially putting up their first or all these interested parties. And then as the day went on, the Clippers, you know, trade for this and the Warriors, the Warriors trade for Gary Payton and then, and fucking the Lakers make their move. And, and it's just like, Oh, that's another team. That's another team. And then you run out of suitors and I'm fucking pissed. Um, fuck this podcast is over. Uh, <laughs> never, this is our last episode. Thanks for watching. And that's all I have. To I say. have, I have two quick comments on, on your little rant there. And one is, what happened to in Masai we trust because I, you know, I, I think he, as you said, you should have more faith in him and, and we'll see what happens. He's one of the best GMs in the league historically. And he's kind of the first misstep as we've seen since he's come into power. And another thing is how, how spoiled are you now in Masai Ujiri's leadership that, Oh, you're, you're like, Oh, we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to win some games. And it's the, it's the maddest you've ever been about the Raptors. This has been my life as a Sacramento Kings fan for two full decades. And I, I'm, I'm so glad to welcome you into this kind of short sighted thinking and, and middling playoff success. I welcome. And, and as I, as I rise to the top of the Pacific division and perhaps make the second round and keep on going, I'm so happy to see you fall. I'm so sorry. Well, look. The NBA is a roller coaster. You can't stay on top forever. Um, we, you know, one of the winningest franchises over the past 10 years. I still trust Masai. Obviously, he knows better than I. I'm an idiot. But, yeah. I mean, look, he's had, I mean, look, no front office is perfect. Honestly, a lot of our free agent signings have been huge misses. I can't remember a free agent signing that I've that's worked out quite well for us. Uh, DeMar Carroll was a big mess. Auto, an auto porter this year, I get it, injuries. The Thad Young trade, don't like that. Don't like what they ended up getting back for Kyle Lowry. Like, there's a lot of moves in recent years that haven't really helped us. We got nothing for Marcus Gasol, nothing for Serge Ibaka. Like, we let, like, our draft picks haven't, we, you know, we, we let, we didn't draft Desmond Bain. We drafted Malachi Flynn. You know, what is he commanding? Nothing. What is he doing on our team? We need a backup point guard so bad. And Malachi Flynn cannot step up and provide, you know, 20, 18 minutes a game as a backup point guard. Um, so I think their, their track, record, track record over the past three years is, or since the championship really, hasn't been great. And I get it. And now Nick Nurse is now getting a, a crap, a shit ton of blame for a lot of this. And he was, you know, regarded, he is regarded as one of the best coaches in the league. It's just been a really bad year. A really bad year, and I think that this is the perfect trade deadline for this year for the Raptors. Another, you know, horrible, great. I give it a D myself, um, D minus, whatever you want to call it. Um, tough, tough to be a Raps fan this this time of year. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. At least we're not the Bulls. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Raptors. I was so disappointed. <laughs> I could not have been more disappointed. I think, I think Masai maybe gets a bit too much credit now. I'm fully on that train. Uh, like he made the Kawhi trade. He saw something no one else did and it was great. They won the title, but he's now been riding that wave and everyone's just on the, in Masai we trust. And today I think he, NBA execs across the league called his bluff and 
now the now he's made a fool like the fred thing is they either sign him and that's stupid or they let him walk for nothing and that was stupid like everyone was tossing around five seconds like fucking nothing today like why yeah at the very bare minimum he's a great player just get salary filler and i don't know it was i i was (laughs) I would have been disappointed if we gave up Fred for less than a first, like five seconds or whatever. I think he's in a different tier from those guys. And I, you know, other than the magic, there really isn't anyone that can sign him into cap space. I don't, well, that would reasonably want to sign him. So I I do get that. I I think in general, patience, patience is a good thing. Patience is a virtue. And I have liked that the Raptors don't make these type of moves unless they get what they want. I agree with you, Mari. They over-asked, I think, specifically for OG Ananobi. But it, it didn't feel like teams wanted to get to fair value for Fred or Gary, unless there's something that comes out that I haven't seen um, in terms of an offer. But, you know, Fred, you can be a cat. Like, you can pull um, a, a Kyle Lowry 2.0 and and be used as a, as a catalyst to bring back guys that you like. So what, I don't know what that team is, but... You know, you, you, you can do that, and I think that would be more valuable potentially than a, um, you know, four or five seconds if that was the offer. So, look, you know, we don't have the whole picture, obviously. It's disappointing in a nutshell, but I still trust the, the organization, um, mostly because I want to work for them one day, but I you know, <laughs> go on the record. Um, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I am excited to watch the rest of the season more than I was, obviously. Like, I think they're a much better team and this is a missing puzzle piece. So that is exciting. And I, and I, I can, and I can appreciate that, but I fear the, you know, going to the middle and that's the worst place to be as an NBA franchise. Yeah. It looks like Trent bought in. He, he publicly said that, you know, this is a team that we could win with. And I, I, I like this roster. I'm excited. Yeah. Go wraps. Um, but yeah, just in some, not a fan really of the Raptors. <laughs> I know. Justin, you kind of said at the end there, like, maybe we'll see what they do. Maybe they, like, keep some of them and put it into a trade for, like, once picks have been finalized, if that's a thing. That, that's my only guess. Big summer. Big summer ahead. Let's keep it positive. Yeah. Final, like, final grade, like, D+. Plus. <laughs> they're going to be the fourth seed. They're going to they're gonna beat the Celtics in the second round. And... <laughs> And we're gonna have fun. I, th- I think they. I actually think they could compete in the East. I think the one team they're scared of is the Sixers. Don't give me that. I actually think don't, they could beat. Don't the tell me that. Don't just tell me, me personally, but I also have high hopes for mid teams such as mine. I think this was um, a glaring hole, and they they filled the hole. Unfortunately, they had other holes. Like, would I would love to have Bones Highland on this team for two fucking seconds? We need a backup point guard. But hey, price is too high, I guess. Yeah. So why don't why don't we shift then to the Clippers? Because that's yeah. the the team that Bones Highland ended up on. Um, yeah, they had a huge day, like a, a low key huge day, and honestly, like kind of excited. So just to do a quick so synopsis here, yeah, they they gained Mason Plumley, Eric Gordon, three seconds from the Grizzlies, and Bones Highland, and they lose Reggie Jackson, twenty twenty eight second, Luke Kennard, John Wall, twenty twenty three pick swap. Um, and then 2024 and 2025 second from, I believe the nuggets. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 
I was just kind of shocked as I was refreshing the watch bombs today. Um, you call them watch? Watch, yeah. Watch yeah. 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 bomb, you never heard that before? It's woge, just woge, Matt. Yeah. I'll take it. Um, yeah, it was just like, it kept refreshing and there was another Clippers deal and yeah. oh, they're getting someone else. Oh, that that's actually sneaky good. And like John Wall hasn't really worked out for them thus far. Reggie Jackson's been awful this year. Luke Kennard's been in and out of the lineup and doesn't really seem to be in the rotation at all anymore. Mm -hmm. And you trade all these pretty much seconds to get some quality pieces. Like you got Mason Plumley back, who's awesome. Like he's having his best year of his career. Eric Gordon, who's been <laughs> wanting out of Houston, pretty much had a, a sign or tattooed across his chest, get me out of here. <laughs> and they got him three seconds from the Grizzlies and Bones Highland, who I still don't really understand why what transpired with the Nuggets happened. Like, yes, he's a he maybe can't guard, but he's like 21 and he like it sounds like there was, was there was disagreements stuff. between him and management. Michael yeah. and him were like on completely different pages. They were yelling matches, been reported like. The guy was basically exiled. Like he was going to be traded for whatever bargain it's price. It's just sad because he he was a fun young player, and now he goes to the Clippers. And I think every single one of those moves is great. I could I could go as high as an A uh, for them in terms of what they gave up to what what they got. Yeah, I gave them a B plus. I think they have a lot of good win now moves. I think both Eric Gordon and Bones Highland. The Clippers, one of their biggest things was they didn't know who their primary ball handler was all season. You know, they obviously they have Kawhi and PG, but it, it was John Wall. It was at times Terrence Mann. It was at times Reggie Jackson. At times Luke Kennard. Obviously injuries had to play in that, but you get two guys who could handle the ball um, in Eric Gordon and in uh, Bones Highland. And then I think the big hole for them was who was backing up Zubach. Zubach was playing a great season for them, but Mason Plumlee is a perfect backup for Zubach and just a great fit for them they they'll make some noise in the west yeah and I, I like that they were able to well a upgrade their point guard position for next to nothing but b they were able to take the canard spot and again like you mentioned he hasn't been playing very much for them get an upgrade in eric gordon they didn't really take on much more money if at all i have to look at the salaries but and then they, you know, Luke Kennard was scheduled to make just under $17 million for the next two seasons too, right? So Eric Gordon's a UFA this year. I don't think his market's going to be that high or it'll be like around there at most. And it gives them flexibility, right? So I, I think that Luke Kennard contract, obviously he's a good shooter, but I don't know if he, I would probably call that a, you know, I don't know if it's a negative value contract, but that's my, I think it is um especially over the next two years like he's just not playing that's a big contract um you know that isn't in the rotation so i like they upgraded there i like they kept all their picks i would have loved for them to trade for fred van fleet but um i actually think that would have been good for them honestly that's why i don't give them like an a plus or whatever um i don't think that the cost was that high and they could have re-signed him with his bird rights but um but overall i really liked what they did um sort of a reshuffle, they added talent, and they gave a little more flexibility for after the season. So uh, good day for the Clippers. Good day for the Clippers. I think my my next uh, – right, Yeah, go. Quickly. I just want to shout out Eric Gordon 
um, 2K10, 2K11 legend, and he's back on the team. And I just got to love that. Pure certified bucket, Eric Gordon. Bucket. And has had some like crazy good playoff moments just as a ball handler. I love he's it. Man. He, some of my favorite videos from this year are him just on the Houston Rockets bench. Like, they just pure comedy. <laughs> Who's like, the one who tweeted I don't want to be here anymore? Who 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 did that again? That was a Suns player. That was um the small point guard. I forget his name. Who is that? I it's a classic. Yeah, it's a classic. Bledsoe, wasn't it? <laughs> was it? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, want to be here anymore. No, but there was. Do you remember the video of like him sitting on the bench and like two like two young guys to his left were like in a full blown yelling match and he was just sitting there with his arms crossed, just like looking out <laughs> into space, like not even. Like it just completely disassociating from that. It was honestly one of the funniest videos I've seen in a, in a, in a minute. But he's in a better place now, literally. So, <laughs> yeah. And I, th- I think another winner in this tier of teams who made these trades to me is the T Wolves. I know Justin, you disagreed with this, but I'm gonna make my case here. Uh, T Wolves were involved, obviously, in the Russell Westbrook trade with the Jazz. They get Mike Conley, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, a 24 second swap. Uh, and a 25 and 26 second from Utah. And all they lose is D'Angelo Russell. I think this is great for them. I think D'Lo was a negative value asset, as as Justin said. They get back a solid starter, someone like Mike Conley, kind of gives everything they're, they're getting out of Russell anyway and has the playoff experience to boot. And then a young asset like Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I don't necessarily think that it's a mover for them. I don't think it makes them good enough to contend in the West. But I think they did nothing but improve with this with this trade. Any thoughts? I, agree. <laughs> I well, I I don't know what our like incomplete like I don't know if our like average is a C or if our average is a B. Whatever our average, like our whatever, so I'll give them a C because I figure that's like that's what I consider average. Um, which is why I give the Raptors a D minus. By the way, um, I just I and I think where we disagree is just how we view Mike Conley. Like obviously he's still a big name. I think he was a, I don't think he's a positive value asset. I think where I, why I give it an incomplete is I think that they can, he can help Gobert more than Russell did. And so I'm excited to see them reunited and being more of a, I think the pick and roll with those two will be better. So I, I get it. I get why they did it. Um, but Mike Conley is making $23 million next year. And I don't think he's worth that. I think they could have used, uh, they're, I mean, they're completely hamstrung now. They can't do anything to retool this team other than through the trade market. Um, they couldn't anyway. They couldn't anyway. Well, I, I, clear. I think that if they were able to move off Russell and and get a you know a prospect or more of a picks heavy package, even if it was like four or five seconds, like some other guys went for or whatever, and didn't take money into next year, they would have had a little more flexibility. Um, I'm not saying they would have been a free like a cap space player, but you know, you're you're um, you know, there's different um mles like there's a taxpayer mle versus a non-taxpayer mle and that t- you know gets you into different territories so i just think they're they're hamstringing themselves a little bit more i don't think mike like, i don't know how old he is now what 36 maybe but like i just don't think that he is worth what he's making and i just i don't get it i don't really get it they must think that he's in it they're probably just doubling down on the gobert investment honestly which i think is a bad thing to do but I think they're trying to save face by doing that and thinking that they're going to work better together. Um, and I do think he is a better fit than Russell in terms of a basketball fit with other um, ball dominant guys like Carl Anthony Towns and uh, Anthony Edwards. But 
So that's why I give it an incomplete. I, I I don't know how I would feel if I was a if I was a fan of the Timberwolves, but I just don't like taking that money into next year. Well, to me, I think I think Conley and Russell are roughly parallel moves. You know, they don't or lateral rather moves. They're both kind of overpaid point guards who don't offer all that much. But for you to give up Russell, then you you do get a prospect back in NAW. You do get picks back in the the twenty four seconds with the Lakers and two seconds from the Utah. It, it, it's it's nothing but positive for me. I don't I don't think you could get you could have gotten anything better for D'Angelo Russell because of the money that he was giving because of the. I don't know. You, I, I don't think you would have gotten any more than what they got. I just would have preferred to have Russell on an expiring with that flexibility, whether it's a sign and trade in the offseason or letting him go and having more flexibility that way than having Kong yeah, after this year. I just, I don't know. I, I, I think he's regressed a lot and I don't think he's worth that money. I also think the T-Wolves do need a veteran presence and Conley's been nothing but a stand-up locker room guy throughout his career. So it should be. I mean, to we'll me, see how it, that it, translates with Ant. Yeah, it, it makes me, I mean, they're going for it, right? They, they're doubling down. They want to win. And I do think that, what, to credit to what you're saying, like I do think he helps that in the locker room. I do think he makes more sense on the court. Um, but I just think pound for pound, I just don't, I don't, I don't like it. You but saw a different I, direction. But yeah, I get it. That's fair. But I get it, yeah. Matt, your grade? I'd say I'd go down the middle, to be honest. I think I agree with the Mike Conley veteran presence. Um, and then Nikhil Alexander Walker always biased for Canadians, and I don't know. He just got like played off, off the map in Utah, which I also don't really understand because he was like he was having decent minutes on the Pelicans before, and then all of a sudden something happened, and then he was in Utah, and then he wasn't even seeing the floor. And so I I like that as like an eighth ninth bench guy, so it's like not nothing, but something contributor to the second unit which they definitely needed because they traded everything away for gobert and you got a few picks back so that's good um yeah the conley being on the team next year kind of rough and like i know russell's been playing arguably the best of his career this year and he's a large reason why the t-wolves haven't completely fallen off the mat with cat but if you have like the starting lineup I guess who would be their three? Because you Conley Kyle and Anderson. Yeah, Colin. Like that's a pretty good starting five. Cat yeah. and Gobert. That's a pretty solid starting the five. The fact that those two guys can't play together, Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe they yeah. come maybe he comes back and he figures it out. He's on my fucking fantasy team. I cannot believe he's still out with the calf strain. Well, that's why I give it an incomplete, right? Because I think that it, it, it yeah. might mesh better. I think Conley can be a facilitator for them, for those two big men to play better together. And that's if he can do that, then it's a big win. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about the uh, Golden State Warriors who made a move to get Gary Payton to back to their lineup? Someone who actually meant a lot to them on their playoff run a few years ago. And they lose the maybe the biggest project of the past couple of years, James Wiseman. Um, to me, I give it a C plus. I think GP two was really huge on them. I just I have concerns about the Warriors making the playoffs without Steph for the next month. They're they're currently what tenth or eleventh in the West right now. Are they that low? They're not playing well, and then Steph is out for the next month. There, it, it's I think there's legitimate concerns about them not even making the play in. So I I, I don't know if this uh addresses that but i do like gary payton and i think it was it's a good trade to get wiseman off 
Yeah, they're currently ninth, so they're not far off what you were saying. Yeah. 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 I and mean, the Lakers I, will only I go up. Thinking like, as soon as they did this trade and everything else was happening, it seemed like tailor made for the OG or Pascal. Like, yeah. They grew. There was and some heat there in out, the final hours. Yeah, with Curry being out for a month now, maybe more, like you're kind of now on the fence with this core that you've had and you're expecting a lot out of the existing team that you have. Like, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably agree with the grade here just because I think they could have done so much more. You have such a plethora of young talent that you could have got for guys that you need right now and would have helped with like Curry's like 33. Like he has a few more really good years, but this would have been the time, I think, yeah. to, to really commit. So it's, it's. I think they should have thrown everything to get OG. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked they didn't. I'm yeah. curious what the final offer. I wonder if that's ever going to come out about what the final offer was for OG because mm-hmm. there was a lot of smoke in the final hour that the Warriors were serious contenders for him. I wonder if Kaminga was on the table. I wonder if Moody was a part of that. I wonder if a fur like I just wonder what that final package was. I think if Kaminga was on the table, I would have taken any deal, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think Kaminga has a lot of up, like all-star upside. And and that's a great place to put him in terms of uh, someone who could develop. The, the rap is the place to put someone like yeah. Kaminga. Similar time time age, or age frame, obviously, as Scotty Barnes. So it kind of puts you on a good timeline. But yeah, I, I, I like bringing Gary Payton back. And I like it because... Obviously, they know him quite well. He was very successful as a bench player on their team. He's under contract for a couple more seasons after this one, so it's not like a a short-term rental just for this year. Steph, obviously, as we know, has got at least a few good years, you know, elite years left in him with the way he plays and his conditioning. Um, So I think the Warriors obviously made this trade to maximize Steph's window, so that's why I like it. And And I would give him a higher grade just because, obviously... James Wiseman still has a lot of mystery and mystique, but the Warriors have had him for a few years now. They they kind of must know what they have with him. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, you know, we talk about like trading people at their, you know, at their peaks. Like this could be, you know, just a team <laughs> like fantasizing about what he could be, but never comes to fruition, right? And I'm sure we'll get to the or touch on the Pistons at some point, either on this pod or another pod, but. Um, I think they, you know, getting five seconds and then, you know, being able to use four of them or I think it was four of them for Gary Payton is, a, is I, you know, I think that's a good move. And they, the part that we haven't talked about yet is they save a fuck ton of money. A fuck ton. Their luxury tax bill was insane. And they save money this year. They save a lot of money next year. Um, so that makes sense. I think that was always a big, you know, I think James Wiseman trade was always the most likely one um because of his salary and um so i wasn't surprised and i and i i'd probably give him a b minus for a b yeah it's about right for me uh, on the other side of that trade to me is the one f grade i give in this entire trade deadline i think the pistons are completely lost here um mm-hmm. one point to me so the pistons they get james wiseman back and they lose sadiq bay and kevin knox I actually think Sadiq Bay, Sadiq Bay ended up in the Hawks in a complicated four-way trade. I actually think the Warriors would have really liked Sadiq Bay. Um, but on the Pistons side, they now have four center prospects. Um, Bagley, Wiseman, Duran, and Stewart. All of whom have 
you know, unconscionable upside, and all of whom will not be playing, can't play together. None of those four could play as a four or five. Um, and then additionally with the Pistons, they didn't move Bojan Bogdanovic. He wasn't even in discussions at all. It, it's it's a shocking failure. I, I don't know what they're thinking here. Um, to me, the only F of the day belongs to the Pistons, and it's only fitting that for uh, both Bagley and Wiseman are on the same team that Darko Milicic also busted on. It's just the perfect kind of poetic um, place for them to end up and throw their curves away on. Any thoughts on the Pistons? Yeah, I... You know what? I'm going to lower my 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 Warriors uh, grade because I agree. I, I just looked through Sadiq Bey's numbers. He's only 23. He's under contract for next year at a pretty low number. I would have way preferred to have him than uh, than Gary Payton, which seemed like it was on the table. Um, obviously, I mean, he was traded originally to the to the Warriors and then rerouted basically. So yeah, I don't. Well, I'm sorry. This isn't a Warriors talk. I don't know why the Pistons would trade away someone like that who in a, in a position that's very valuable in the NBA and then add to, you know, Jalen Duren's an awesome prospect. He's going to be a really good player in the NBA. Yeah. I think I he's guess, the best of the four. Yeah. They must've thought that, that there, this is just an incredible buy low. Stew, sorry. Buy- <laughs> yeah. Beef, um, beef stew has to be the first. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's certainly not fucking Marvin Bagley. That guy is not part of the future. We know that. Um, we know that. You know, they just extended him like last summer, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, they, again, I, I hesitate to give too much judgment until we see the like until we give it some time. But I agree. I think they just must have thought that this was an incredible buy low opportunity. Um, I don't think they should have given up Sadiq Bay. Again, he fits their timeline with Cade Cunningham and the rest of the guys, Jaden Ivey, um, and so is James Wiseman. But like we touched on, you know, he hasn't shown anything. He's a bit older. He's more expensive too, by the way. Like being the second overall pick. And I don't get it. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, this made absolutely no sense. Like if there could be below an F, I'd give yeah. it. Matt was pissed in our group chat today. For that it doesn't make sense before. to me. It- it's so stupid. How are you an NBA executive and you do that? Like, and then, so say you do this to commit to the tank. Your top prospect, your best case scenario is also a center. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, we'll see what happens in the off season, I guess. But it, this just made absolutely no sense whatsoever. There, maybe they're gonna do like two on twos as like centers, and really develop them that way. I have all no, practice. Yeah, yeah. I have I no idea. I'd love to see one of the uh, the Thompson twins and the Pistons though. If it was Ivy Cade, one of the Thompson twins, and then I don't know a twin towers of Beef Stew and Jalen Duran. I don't know. It, it, it's a hopeless, to me, a hopeless trade. I, I don't understand it. Maybe there's something behind it. Pistons fans, let us know. Um, I kind of like yeah. this for Atlanta, though. I like them getting a young guy like that. I don't, I don't yeah. want to say it was, it was cost nothing, but um, I think it was an appropriate price. And I think you have a young, you know, proven talent. Like he's in his career high. Like hasn't he had a 50 point game in his career already? Like he's a yeah, proven. Just randomly. Yeah, just very <laughs> randomly, probably near the end of the season. But he, he's, He's got that in him, right? So, um, I like him. High motor, really good shot maker, and yeah, very twenty three, twenty three under contract for for next year as well. So, and then he's an RFA, and then you can still control him right after that. So, so you do the exact same trade, but with Boyan, sure. Yeah, way better, way better. D minus, but sure. 
Why Sadiq yeah. Bey? Like, it yeah. is beyond me. I'm Doesn't happy about the Pistons fan. Yeah, me too. Uh, the Hawks also got Garrison Matthews and Bruno Fernando. They gave up Kaminsky, Justin Holiday, two seconds, actually seven seconds total. In, yeah, five, five line, I think. Day. Five yeah. for day, yeah. So I, I actually like, I think both Garrison Matthews and Sadiq Bay are good for the Hawks. I, I think they're good players in general. Uh, the Hawks do have a lot of wings. I'm not too um, confident I know what they're doing with all those wings, but that's a I have that in my meh tier, but I gave that a B minus. I'm disappointed they didn't trade John Collins, to be honest. Um, I just thought this would have been the right time. It, we've heard his name for so long. You know, his his it was kind of the right time in his contract arc as well, similar to OG, where he, I think he has a year and a half left, where it's not like an expiring, but it's there's there isn't like or no maybe it's a little bit long, maybe it's two and a half years. Anyway, that's not the point. I think he was at kind of at the right. I think this felt like the right time. And there were a lot yeah. of buyers with how open the market was. Obviously, we don't know what the offers were, but I'm a little disappointed that he didn't get moved. I know Phoenix was considering him before they pulled off that uh, Kevin Durant deal. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought there'd be some more suitors for him. That's the guy I would have loved on the Raptors. Like that would be a good retool if I was a Raptors <laughs> fan. But um, if anyway, if yeah, I'm done. Yeah. yeah well, Phoenix kind of got Phoenix kind of got the. Uh poor man's John Collins and Darius Baisley, which I think is an underrated acquisition. I think that I really works for them. with Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, poor man's John Collins <laughs> and Kevin Durant. Uh, a couple other teams. Another team that was in that four-team trader, the Blazers. I think they moved uh, quite interestingly here. They got Cam Reddish, a 2023 lottery protected first from New York, which turns into four seconds if it doesn't go through, and Matisse Teibel. Uh, they lose Josh Hart. 29 second to 27 second and Svi Mikhailuk who is acquired in the reddish turn um I like it I, th- I think it's a I don't think it's enough I think it's interesting because they don't really go anywhere it's kind of a lateral move it is a retool I thought they would sell Dame apparently there's they're stuck on this roster and still believe it could do something reddish is a great project um that should be fun to have along with shade and sharp to kind of develop I think that could be a crazy one too in the next two three years if it pans out and then Tybal just didn't work in Philadelphia, obviously as a defensive stopper and a monster in the off-ball defense, but I don't think the fit was there in Philadelphia. And I think they got someone actually better for that fit in Jalen McDaniels, which we'll talk about later. Thoughts on uh, the Blazers? I loved it. I give them a, I, I, I wish they had done more to retool, but the deal in a vacuum I really loved. There was no intention. They were not going to be re-signing Josh Hart in this off this offseason. And I think they got a lot of value for him. Um, I think Cam Reddish is a disgruntled piece. Um, plus getting, you know, a first with four seconds, which I would equate to similar value as a first. Like I kind of see that at one first equals four seconds, sort of. Um, not, you know, in a vacuum. So to get two good pieces there, and then Matisse Thibel, who, you know, at least he has an elite skill, right? Like you have a good starting point with him. He was, you know, he's, he was ousted in, on a from a really, really good team. So, you know, I think he's a good buy low as well. So in a vacuum, I like what they did. I think he needed, Tybal needed a change of scenery. Um, and, you know, we'll see. Again, I think, you know, when you have one elite skill, you have something to build off of. And again, I would like to have seen a little bit more, like finding an, an, a Nurkic team or, um, you know, some other moves that can set you up better for the summer. What'd you say? I wish Dame got traded. I wanted it so bad. 
I mean, I think they're going to stay loyal to that guy till the day he dies. Basically, he'll be sixty-five, yeah. and they'll offer him a new three-year contract. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. But I don't know. It gives them a little bit more flexibility in the summer. I just wish they kind of. I wish they I, I embrace the tank this year because they're not going anywhere this year. Um, a little bit more, and um, you know, set things up for next year, similar to last year. Like, I wish they did more of what they did last year, but it seems like they kind of just held serve. Matt, yeah, thoughts on Blazers? Would have to agree. Um, I just think they should have picked a lane. It just, like, I guess it kind of makes sense. Like, you have two really young, good prospects. Like, Cam Reddish was a top 10 pick. Matisse Tybal, elite defender. Um, and he's going back to his, the, the Pacific Northwest, which maybe works out for him. Um, and then, yeah, you get rid of Josh Hart in a couple seconds, and Steve McIlis is like, not very good at basketball. <laughs> um, this trade also gave, which I, I think was the top Twitter moment of the day, at least for me personally. So like two years ago when Josh Hart and Larry Nance Jr. were traded, they actually, uh, they just swapped houses as opposed to listing it and going through the oh, whole yeah. process. And so Larry Nance <laughs> tweeted today, anyone need a house in Portland? Which I think <laughs> is the funniest. Things. I completely forgot about that <laughs> until it happened. That's so. funny. I, I think Josh Hart is a really good player, and I think whoever, I mean, the Knicks got him, and I think he's going to enjoy kind of Villanova connection there with, uh, totally. I think they were national championship winners with Brunson, right? Yeah, I think so. that's an, an awesome fit there. And, like, yeah. if you're not getting, like, a 3 and D guy, like, Josh Hart is a great personality as as and as good as you can get in, that, in the 3 spot, yeah. Actually, another Villanova player from that national championship team, Ryan Archidiakono, I believe, was involved in that trade as well, and is now a Blazer. Not that it matters, because, I mean, he is handsome, Justin, just to... Super handsome. <laughs> Would have drafted him in the league. <laughs> yeah. uh, another another handsome white guy who was... Actually, I don't know, uh, Luke Kennard to the Grizzlies, I think, is actually an underrated trade. I, I, I quite like that fit for them. I think Kennard has a lot to offer. And um, if... The Grizzlies, I wish they did more. I wish they bought a little bit, um, especially with how the West is moving now. I think oh, this gee. works for them. It's not great. They, they got rid of Danny Green, who's obviously never wanted to be there in three seconds, but I think... That's Kinnard not true. Nice Danny was excited. He was just injured all year. Danny... Danny, Danny is uh, from with Eric Tommy's. Gordon. With yeah, Eric Gordon. Back, like, uh, he just got back. So, yeah. Yeah, do you like them taking on two, like two years at seventeen million after this season for Luke Kennard? I think Luke Kennard is better than you. You, I, I personally think Luke Kennard is better than you evaluate. I, I, I like him as a ball handler. I think he's a knockdown shooter. Um, not a ton of holes in him, and, and he'll fit in that role nicely for me. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm. I was just asking the question. You're, I think it's overpaid <laughs> in general. I think Kennard is overpaid. Like, but I don't think he's a negative. Asset guy. Yeah. So it's and they sorry, they gave up seconds in addition to Danny Green or or what was the three seconds. Oh, three seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have preferred them to get OG, but uh but Luke Canard's a good consolation prize, I guess. <laughs> seconds are being dished around everywhere on the NBA. This um, gotta be a record for the most seconds in, in a trade deadline trade deadline history. Another great tweet today was uh it was like two <laughs> role-playing two NBA GMs and 
it was like, oh yeah, like, do you want Jay Crowder? And like, just give me five seconds to think. And it's like, oh, five seconds, bet. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> I feel like an over. That felt like an overpay, in my opinion, honestly. But... Yeah, the Bucks. Worth, I guess now I don't know. Yeah, a lot of a uh, fairly inconsequential trades around the league. Um, we could run. Th- we could just sprint through them. Why don't we run um, through the yeah, the the rest of the trades that were less uh. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll sprint through them. Then, if you guys want to comment, I don't know, put your hand up quick or something. Hitters. And we'll... Quick hitters, yeah. So quick, the Jazz gained Russell Westbrook, who is probably going to get bought out, and I'm assuming going to the Clippers. Uh, JTA wants Scott Anderson, Damon Jones, a 2027 first from the Lakers, top four projected. They lose Conley, NAW, Beasley, Vanderbilt, and uh, 25 and 26 seconds. Um, My only comment tank, on that. My only comment on that is they felt bad for all the shit they did in the offseason for schooling the other teams, so they they were doing some charity work. They sold low. Yeah. Bad trade. I, I actually I actually them. kind of think so too. I think they gave up a lot for yeah. that protect, pretty protected first. Uh the Hornets uh get Reggie Jackson, who is room to be bought out. The twenty eighth second from the Clippers, Svi. <laughs> Again. Building uh, block. 20, <laughs> a twenty three second from the Sixers and a twenty seven second from Portland. And they lose Jalen McDaniels and Mason Plumley. I think this is a horrible, horrible this trade is, deadline. This is off. I think it was like next worst to yeah. I agree. Have you ever, have you ever met a Hornets fan? Why? But both of those pieces are unbelievable, yeah, and I think they could yeah. get a whole lot for them. And they got three seconds out of it. I wonder. I wonder what percentage of Hornets fans are clinically depressed. That's my only comment. <laughs> they have Lamelo. Uh, the Heat. They gain cash and they lose Dwayne Dedman. That was another one. It's just F. like, what are you doing? F. It, it's it's. I think it's just for the buyout market, strictly for the buyout market. They're just I they're just clearing was, roster I space. It was like a lock for Pirtle, but alas. Yeah, they need I to think do they something. Should have done with Lowry. They should have tried to make something done happen with Lowry. I think I think Heat fans are equally as mad as Justin around all of Florida. I think probably. the Cavs are probably in that place as well. Uh, let's go. The Sixers gain Jalen McDaniels a 24 second from New York and 29 second from Portland. They lose Matisse Tywin a 23 second. I think it's great for them. This is good for me. Exactly. I like the complete polar opposite of Charlotte. It's just like yeah. perfect. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Uh, Rockets, a lot of moves from the Rockets. They gain Frank Kaminsky, Justin Holiday, a pick swap for the Clippers, Danny Green, John Wall. Both of them might be bought out. And two seconds from Atlanta, they lose Garrison Matthews, Bruno Fernando, and Eric Gordon. To me, it's awful. I don't think they got anything for Eric Gordon, which is a shame. Zero um, percent chance John Wall is getting a uniform. Zero percent. He shits on them publicly. It's a cold world out there. It's a cold world. up back in Houston. You know what? The only win for Houston, the, the biggest win for Houston was the Kevin Durant trade. Like, legitimately. Yeah. Their yeah, yeah, yeah. From Brooklyn now, I've just gotten a lot more valuable. That's true. That's yeah. true. They they come out as winners because they're of the a huge team. winner in that deal, hundred percent. That's funny, but uh, no, next, nothing that they did. Pure luck. Yeah, they, I don't. I don't think any of these. I think they could have gotten a lot more for both Garrison Matthews and Eric Gordon. Anyway, the Magic gained Pat Bev, who's probably gonna get bought out in a hilarious sequence of events for Patrick Beverly, a future second and cash from Mo Bamba. It's a log jam at center. They got assets back. I'm not mad at it. I think they sold low, but it's whatever. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's so menial, it doesn't matter. I actually think this is a good trade coming up here is uh, Thomas Bryant for Devon Reed and Bones Highland in the 24 second. Um, 
I think it, this is this is good for them. I think it's a, he's a good fit behind Jokic. It fills a hole. Uh, the price might be a bit too high with Highland and a second, but Highland wanted out anyway. I like this. I think Bryant will do a lot for the Nuggets. Uh, the Spurs they gain Cam Birch a twenty four first and two future seconds from Toronto. Hey. Uh, oof, oof, oof. Hey. Uh, Dwayne Dedman and a second from Miami. Devontae Graham and four seconds from Pel- from the Pelicans. They lose Jacob Pertle and Josh Richardson. A A A A plus even a. the tank is yeah. in full force here. Incredible fleece. Good stuff. San Antonio. Uh, the Knicks Josh Hart for Reddish, Svi, Archie Diakono, and uh, first. B, it's fine. Josh Hart is good. Uh, I'm not excited about the Knicks. I don't really care about them, to be honest. I give them a C minus. Really C minus for me. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I think I think they paid a lot for that an impending UFA that isn't, you know, an upgrade. But it's sort of similar to the Raptors. Like, where are you going? Yeah. You know, you gave up a, a good amount for it. You'll have to pay him the offseason. I give it a C minus. I think it's to keep Brunson happy, but we'll see about that. Brunson uh, Kings, was super happy. That's for sure. I know. The Kings gain Kessler Edwards and some cash, and they lose draft rights to some random dude. It's fine. It's Kessler Edwards. I like him. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks gain Jay Crowder and a second from Indiana for Jordan Nwora, Serge Ibaka, five seconds, and George Hill. I, I It's a lot for Crowder. Yeah, I don't know. His value is crazy. I don't yeah. really understand it. But, I don't get um, it either. But they're, they're just clearing roster spots. They gave away Nwora, Ibaka, and Hill for free pretty much to the Pacers. Did Hill um, have any money for next year? That's the only thing that would affect my grade. I'm not sure, but it, it, for me, it's just roster spots. That's that's the only thing I see from that. Um, so yeah. there should be candidates to sign some people. The Pacers got three seconds from Milwaukee, Jordan Waro, Ibaka, and Hill. And they have to waive Goga Batazzi as a result. They gave nothing here, and they just got a bunch of pieces. I don't really get it. They don't really go anywhere. Yeah. Incompl- yeah. Insufficient. Um, I don't get George Hill for a second. Like for for one second rounder, I don't understand that. Didn't they think get they just, George Hill and a second? No, that? they got George Hill for a second. They paid for him. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I don't get it. Um, George Hill is an Indiana legend, I suppose. But I thought weird. they got it. I got. I thought they got paid to take him on. But anyway, my, my handsome my... guy George Hill too, and maybe a, a mentor piece for Tyrese. Uh, the Pelicans, they get Josh Richardson, big get here. They lose Devontae Graham in four seconds. I think it's a lot. Devontae and four seconds is a lot, but Josh Richardson fits nicely for them. Yeah. The fall of Devontae Graham, that's my only take on that. Sad. This is the most meh trade of all. Mike Muscal for Justin Jackson and two future seconds. It, I have no comment. This will not do anything to me. Uh, this yeah. is the Celtics, by the I way. I mean, the Celtics got a ninth or tenth man like that could, they, you know, I think he'll fill the Gallinari role. Less, you know, not as well as Gallinari, but yeah, I think it's yeah, it, totally fine. It works for Boston. It's fine. And the, finally, the Thunder gained Justin Jackson two future seconds from Boston, Dario Saric, and a second from Phoenix for Muscala and Darius Baisley. Yeah, it's just a tank. B plus. B plus. Thunder have thirty four picks in the next seven drafts. I think it's only <laughs> a matter of time before they just commit and like trade all of them for one. Guy. Is that true? It's thirty four. Thirty four. Keep adding, baby. Well, it's been a a crazy trade deadline. My brain's exploding. I'm going to go to fucking bed because that's a lot. Thanks for joining us. Thank we appreciate you. Go Raptors. Fuck the Raptors. Um, Hope everyone enjoyed uh, their day and uh, we'll talk to you next week.